Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Inshallah, today we'll talk about the Hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Mecca to Medina. We talked about uh, in general, a little bit about the Hijrah last week and uh, the Hijrah of uh, some of the Sahaba. Uh, so we have an idea of uh, how the Hijrah occurred and how the Sahaba uh, were commanded by Rasulullah uh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to migrate from Mecca to Medina towards the prepared land for Islam actually. There was uh, a work done among the, the people of Medina who came to Rasulullah sallallahu at three different occasions. First six came, next year 12 people came who gave the ba'ah to Rasulullah sallallahu And then 75 people came who gave the ba'ah to Rasulullah sallallahu And that last ba'ah was the ba'ah that was for the protection of Rasulullah sallallahu and to support Rasulullah sallallahu at in uh, from every angle, uh, in every sense, like they uh, protect their children and their wives. Um, and then Rasulullah uh, 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 allowed the Sahaba to migrate and uh, when it came to himself, uh, he, he, uh, he did not migrate because he was waiting for the command from Allah subhanahu wa And we understand that Rasulullah's actions were commanded by Allah. He was not uh, undertaking the actions just based on whatever he felt like. He was a messenger of Allah and his actions were commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, <clears throat> while uh, all these migrations happened, uh, there was a serious concern among the Quraysh that uh, they were very worried that the Muslims have migrated and they, after the second pledge, they had the information that the people of Medina ha- have given the, the ba'ah to Rasulullah and uh, they understood that this can become a headquarter for Rasulullah and the Sahaba. So that was a very huge concern for them and they knew about the leadership of Rasulullah as well. That he was a very well respected person among the Sahaba and even the ones who did not accept him as a prophet, the one who were kuffar, they, they respected him regardless. Uh, they had hatred towards him because of uh, uh, Rasulullah's message that he was bringing in uh, and they did not like the message Rasulullah was bringing. But, uh, other than that, they were uh, uh, they liked the personality of Rasulullah So that, that's another thing to uh, for us to think about uh, as a side note that it's not the issue of uh, only the good akhlaq can can bring the people to Islam only. The thing is, is good akhlaq is one thing which is part of Islam. But Islam has to be presented to the people. It's not the akhlaq only that we go and present to the people. 
we present Islam to the people. See, akhlaq is part of Islam. Akhlaq is not the whole Islam. This is the thing we have to understand. These are two, uh, sometimes uh, people get confused. Uh, and we can talk about that some other time as well. Uh, when, uh, inshallah, in the question answers also. Because, uh, and make a note of that, this, because I know this statement sometimes uh, becomes a bit difficult for the people to swallow what has been said here. Uh, but uh, so uh, what their plan was, they, the Quraysh, uh, the polytheists, the mushrikeen, they plan, they start planning now how to stop this, what is happening. People have migrated from Makkah to Medina Sahaba, and now uh, we, they, they thought of it, we have to do something. So they gathered in Dar al-Madwa, and uh, they were the leaders of the Quraysh, and they gathered, and some of the reports talk about there was the 26th of the Safar. Uh, they gathered and they were discussing that how to stop this uh, uh, uprising of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That he is uh, 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 he he was getting the publicity among the, uh, the the Sahaba and they are not able to stop and they are now migrating. And the place they were migrating to was Medina and they were very well aware of Aws and Khazraj. That Aws and Khazraj were warriors. They have fought many battles. And uh, because of that, uh, uh, they knew that if Rasulullah uh, gets the safe haven over there, so that would be problematic for them. So when they gathered, that included many leaders, including uh, Abu Jahl, uh, Jubair bin Mut'am, Rabia's two sons, uh, Shayba and Utbah, uh, another bin Haris. So there were many different leaders, and they belonged to the uh, the, the clans, which were the big clans within uh, within the, the, the Quraysh, Bani Nawfal bin Abdul Manas, for example. Uh, uh, Abu Jahl was from Bani Makhzum. Um, and Jubair was from uh, Jubair and Tu'ayma and Al Harith bin Amr, Amr, they were from Bani Nawfal bin Abdul Manas. Rabi'ah is the two sons, Shaiban Utbah and Abu Sufyan, besides him, uh, they were from uh, Bani Abdul Shams bin Abdul Manas. Uh, uh, another bin Harith was from uh, Bani Abdul Dar, uh, and uh, they were representatives from uh, Bani Asad uh, bin Abdul Uzza and uh, Bani, uh, Bani Saham and Bani Jubah. So there were different leaders who were representing these tribes and the clans. Uh, they gathered and they wanted to solve this problem, uh, thinking of solving the problem from their end, uh, their understanding. Uh, they gathered and they said, okay, what should we do to Rasulullah to stop this, uh, this message that's spreading? So some of them say, why don't we just uh, imprison him? The, when they gave this thought of imprisoning, they said, no, but the problem is if he is in prison, he can still convey the message to the people. People will listen to him or his ideas. They know he's alive and they will listen to him and people will may grow, outnumber them and they come back and they will free him. So imprisonment is not a solution. So somebody said, why don't we expel him from Mecca? So they said, well, we expel him. He has he is a nice character. He, he knows how to talk to the people. And people outside the Mecca, they will start listening to him. And those Arabs will listen to him. And now they will attack Mecca. So they think this is not a solution either. Then Abu Jahl, the, uh, the, the, the arch criminal, if you want to call him, of the Mecca, he decided, he gave a suggestion. Why don't we assassinate Rasulullah See, they, as we saw in the past, Rasulullah was, they, they attempted to assassinate him in the past as well. 
But this is different than the last time. Because here now, they all gathered and they're all making a decision now. Okay? So when they, he gave their suggestion, uh, that suggestion also was not bought. They understand assassination is a good idea. But the question comes to their mind is, well, if somebody goes and assassinates Rasulullah Sallallahu then the, 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 the tribe of Rasulullah will take the revenge and a war can break out. So that cannot be the solution. So Abu Jahl himself, actually, is the one who gave another suggestion. He said, okay, let's do it this way. Pick one person from each tribe now. And all of them will strike at the same time. If we do that, then the family of Rasulullah would not dare to fight back with all the tribes. They can fight with one, two, but not all. So this way, they will be forced into taking the blood money and the issue will settle down. By the blood money and the war will not break out like that. Uh, and by the way, during this whole time, another thing that happened was Shaitan himself, Iblis, he actually came in the guise of a person from Najat. And he sat down as well. And one of the reports talks about that when Abu Jahl actually, he was, he was one of those people who was declining all the suggestions. Until Abu Jahl gave this idea of uh, one person from each uh, clan or tribe, they will attack at the same time. He agreed that this is the one. But the idea came from Abu Jahl. Okay? So Shaitan himself Iblis was also present over there. Now, <clears throat> when all this was happening, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Jibreel uh, gave this news to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the plot that the kuffar were making. And now Rasulullah sallallahu actually, he, uh, uh, he, uh, so he, he actually went to Abu Bakr and we'll talk about the story of Abu Bakr as well. Uh, because uh, uh, he went to Abu Bakr Siddiq an, and he was the one who was the companion with him for the migration. So he, he made the migration with Abu, uh, Abu Bakr an. Now, <clears throat> when they decided this, they appointed actually 11 people. They appointed, the kuffar appointed 11 people who will go and strike Rasulullah at the same time. So this way they can uproot Islam. That's what they were thinking was. And uh, so during the night time, they, uh, they went to Rasulullah's house and uh, they were waiting to kill him the, the moment he, he left his house, he leaves the house. Now, when Rasulullah uh, was told by Jibreel about this, uh, Rasulullah actually uh, left Ali radiallahu an on his bed. And uh, he left uh, uh, in a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the curtains on the eyes of the kuffar and they were not able to see Rasulullah leaving. Uh, there's a long hadith actually that talks about uh, the story of uh, uh, Rasulullah's uh, migration. It is mentioned in Sahih Bukhari and uh, that talks about uh, when uh, uh, Rasulullah actually, uh, Abu Bakr sorry, he wanted to migrate as well when all the Sahaba were migrating. And uh, he asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that uh, the hadith says that Abu Bakr himself was uh, wanted to immigrate. So he asked Rasulullah for migration. So Rasulullah said, wait, I hope that Allah will allow me also to immigrate 
So Abu Bakr's response was that my father and mother be sacrificed for you. Do you hope that? Do you hope that that Allah will allow him to go along with uh, Abu Bakr to go uh, migrate with Rasulullah So Rasulullah's uh, response was yes. So Abu Bakr uh, waited to accompany Rasulullah and he started feeding two she camels, and uh, meaning to prepare. Uh, uh, two she camels for uh, for the for the journey, and he was he was feeding uh, with uh, from the leaves of uh, a samur tree that was for, for four months to make him healthy and uh, strong. Uh, so for for four months he was doing this. Uh, one day, and Rasulullah used to visit Abu Bakr during the daytime and in the evening time. One day he came, Rasulullah, and this was after Jibril told him about the plan or plot of the kufar. He came during the noon time. So now, see, we have to understand the, uh, the heat of, of Mecca. When Rasulullah is coming during the daytime, this is normally the time people are not around. See, normally you and I probably think of it that the best time is probably the night time or when it's the evening. Uh, maybe people may not be out there. Uh, in the, the places where it's very hot, uh, desert areas like that, people actually avoid uh, the noon time. So when Rasulullah went to Abu Bakr around the noon time, it's one of the times where not many people are out. So uh, when he went there, Abu Bakr was, uh, uh, he knew that something is big, that he would not come at this time otherwise. Because there was a norm of Rasulullah to come uh, visit him, but this time was a different time. So the, the hadith says that uh, the Allah says, uh, one day, while we were sitting in our house, at midday, someone said to me, to, to Abu Bakr, here is Allah's messenger coming with his head and a part of his face covered with, uh, with a cloth, covering at an hour, he never used to come to us. Abu Bakr said, let my father and mother be sacrificed for you, O Rasulullah, uh, an urgent matter must have brought you here at this hour. The Prophet came and asked the permission to enter and he was allowed. The Rasulullah said, to Abu Bakr, let those who are with you go out. Abu Bakr replied, there is no stranger. They are your family. Let my father be sacrificed for you, O Allah's apostle. Rasulullah said, I have, allowed, uh, the, I have been allowed uh, to leave Makkah. So you see this, these are very specific wordings uh, that Rasulullah said, which is, uh, uh, which is that Rasulullah is allowed to leave now. See that so he's not escaping, even though the plot was to assassinate Rasulullah over there. It's more of a Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually, that is one of the, the, one of the wordings of the hadith said, Qad uh, that I have been given permission to leave. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the permission to leave until then Rasulullah wasn't leaving. It's not the issue of life that he's trying to save or he's trying to escape from any kind of a threat. He was there for past 13 years and he was continuing to be there while the Sahaba were even allowed to leave. And he waited for uh, Allah's command. So, <clears throat> so he, Abu Bakr was saying, Abu Bakr said, I shall accompany you, O Rasulullah. Let my father be sacrificed for you. The Rasulullah said, yes, Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr said, O oh, oh, Rasulullah, uh, let my, uh, again, he, this is one of the expression of showing uh, uh, the love uh, to, towards somebody that he says, let my father be sacrificed for you. Take uh, uh, take one of the, these two 
three camels of mine. The Sosan said, I will take it only after paying its price. So, so we prepared the, the baggage. The, now, this is uh, the hadith reported by Aisha. So she said that we prepared their baggage and put their journey food in a leather bag. And Asma bint Abi Bakr cut a piece of girdle and tied the mouth of the, uh, the leather bag with it. That is why she was called the Datul Niqatayim. That's uh, because she, she, she tore, the, the, uh, tore, tore the girdle into two and used one, one piece for the girdle as a girdle again, and the other one, which is the waistband, and the other one she used to tie the food. <coughs> and the reason I'm pointing out this, uh, that might look like a very small thing, but actually this is part of the whole planning process you will see throughout the, the journey of Rasulullah wasallam. that the whole family of Abu Bakr, you find them, many people of the family of Rasulullah were involved in this journey, and they made sure that this journey is successful, this migration was successful. And this, as we talked about last week, this migration is one of the biggest events of the history of mankind. It is one of the biggest events. And look how the family of Abu Bakr played a role in this, uh, uh, in this event. Now, <clears throat> so Rasulullah actually uh, I brought a picture also of the map, you guys get some idea. Um, so when you're looking at uh, the red line, this is the path Rasulullah took, and the green path is the one, is the normal path from Makkah to Badina. Okay, so it's different than the normal path. Uh, anyways, <coughs> so Rasulullah uh, he, uh, he took one of the camels, she camels from Al-Bakr, but he paid the price for that. Now, <coughs> Instead of Rasulullah and Abu Bakr start their journey and go north, they start going south. Because that was the plan. Okay? And the plan was done in a way that, uh, and I, actually, I was, before I was coming here, I was checking the distance between Kaaba to Ghar uh, And if you try to walk, according to the, the Google map now, uh, that takes about two and a half hours. To walk, okay, uh, that's a long distance. Even though it's 15, 16 kilometers, uh, but just to walk that kind of a distance, and if you make a shortcut, probably make it like an eight kilometer. But still, walking takes a while. It's not like you're just uh, pressing the gas and you're getting one place to another place. And brother Abdul Basit will 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 explain inshallah later on, as last week he explained about it's a mountain. It's a very tough uh, path to make it to the wall. Uh, as the brother himself, when he was trying, it took him about two, three hours to make it to the uh, to, to climb the mountain. So uh, when Rasulullah he instead of going north, him and Abu Bakr, they start traveling south. And they went to Warthor. And uh, the, the way they did was, they, uh, 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 Abu Bakr's son, Abdullah bin Abu Bakr, he is the one who used to stay among the people of the Mecca during the daytime and during the night he would go to Rasulullah and Abu Bakr and Ghaithar and let them know what they are planning what they are plotting against Rasulullah and Abu Bakr now this happened for three, three days and three nights that Abdullah bin Abu Bakr he did this and besides that there was a freed slave of uh, Abu Bakr Amr bin Fuhira so Amr bin Fuhira, he was a free, free slave of Abu Bakr. 
he would used to go was he used to bring his uh, uh, cattle, a flock, and uh, he would make sure that uh, he stick in the path that Abdullah took. So that when the when the cattle walk through there, all the footprints of Abdullah disappeared from there. That's one thing. Second thing he was doing was uh, uh, he was uh, Abdullah was also uh, sorry. So uh, and, and he used to bring the milk from those sheep, uh, uh, sheep and the goat, and they will uh, he will give it to Abu Bakr and uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He used to come a little bit after Aisha prayer, and the, uh, during the night time. Before Fajr, he would go back also. So nobody would know, and all the footprints, they will disappear as well. And uh, Asma bint Abi Bakr was continued to be the one who was providing the food also. So see, Abu Bakr is doing the, Rasulullah uh, Abdullah bin Abu Bakr is playing his part, Asma bint Abi Bakr is playing uh, her part, the free slave of Abu Bakr, Amr bin Fuhaira, he is uh, with. Uh, 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 playing his part also, and then uh, there was another. Uh, so that that happened for three days, three days and uh, three nights, right? Uh, then there was another person. His name was uh, Abdullah bin Uraiqat. Uh, Abdullah bin Uraiqat was he was actually a guide, but he was not a Muslim. So sometimes people get confused. They think of it as if. Amr ibn Fuhira is the one who was the guide. The guide was Abdullah bin Urayqat. Okay? And he was the one who was a polytheist. But he was hired by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay? So, uh, because he's the one who knew uh, uh, the, the path to Medina. And it's the path which is different than the normal path people normally take. For the, for the qafila, that's, or, or whatever you want to call it, the one... Uh, caravan that did not used to take from Mecca to Medina. <clears throat> so that's a, uh, the, these are the different roles that were played by different people during that time of the uh, uh, migration. Now when Rasulullah after spending three days, he with uh, Abdullah bin Uraiqat, he's the one who brought uh, those two camels also there at that time, after three days were passed. So that was a planned thing. It's not like a, in the air. It was planned that after three days, he's going to bring the camels, and then from there on, they will continue their journey. Uh, when Rasulullah was at the, uh, when he was leaving Mecca at the spot which is called uh, Hazwara, he looked back towards Mecca, and he said a statement, uh, and. Uh, which is very important statement because sometimes it is abused also, so we should understand what the statement meant. He said, "Wallahi, innaka la khairul ard, khairul ard Allah." That indeed you are the best uh, uh, land of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Wa ahabu ard Allah, and I love the land of Allah. Uh, uh, Ila Allah, uh, that it means that the, I love the land of Allah that which is loved by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Okay, and And if I was not forced to, to leave, meaning it's not that he's trying to escape. See, this is what I'm trying to make sure that we make this connection. He waited for the command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he allowed him to leave, he left. Okay, and he left for what? It's not because he was trying to save his life. He left because he got the Nusra from other than the people of Mecca. The Nusra he was looking for 
to implement the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the support he was looking for, so people can live according to Allah's commands, it was given by the people outside of Mecca. That's why he left. He was forced to leave because of that, not because of saving the life. So there's a distinction. Second, his love towards the, the, the Mecca was not just a patriotic thing that he is mentioned here. It's more of a, he loved this land because Allah loved the land. That's the important thing. If Allah loved it, then of course we love it. That's the idea. Not that I, we, we have these kind of things. Oh, I am from Fulan land or this land or that land. So I love that land. No, we love it because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake only. Okay. Um, and then, <clears throat> so Allah sallam, he also took all sorts of precautions. See that? So this is one of the misunderstanding uh, we have these days that the moment we talk about something needs to be done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all the precautions, all the planning, it goes on the side. We're doing for the sake of Allah, so let's put the trust in Allah and Allah will do the things for us. Inshallah, something good will happen. No, we can see that this is actually something against them, against them, than what Rasulullah has showed us from his life. Yes, Allah's hukum is there, but when he is trying to apply what Allah wanted from him, he, he planned well, and planned well ahead of time. Okay? And he, he continued to plan, uh, and we can see that in the rest of it also. Now, after, while they were in uh, Ghariqar, just to bring a few points also back so we remember that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, actually some of the Quraysh, uh, the people from uh, Mecca, they, uh, the Mushrikeen, they made it to Ghariqar, looking for Rasulullah sallallahu because they were sending people. Uh, they even put a, a bounty of 100 camels uh, on the head of Rasulullah sallallahu Now, when they were sending people, and 100 camels is a lot of money you're talking about. It's not a small amount. Even in today's time, when you try to calculate uh, 100 camels, it's... Uh, uh, how much is the camel? Like ten, uh, five thousand, ten thousand uh, dollars per per camel. Uh, if, even if it's five thousand, hundred camels becomes five hundred thousand. So five hundred thousand dollars, if you talk about whatever it is. But but that five hundred thousand actually do not make five, sense. Five uh, ten, ten but see that no. But the the point is this. I'm just wondering. you you may think of this as just a money today, right? Yeah. But camel is just not money when you're talking about living in a desert. That's a lifeline for the people over there. And hundreds of them. You're talking about hundreds of them you're getting. So this is a big thing for them. Uh, but so some of them made it to the Ghariqal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually uh, sent one of his soldiers to protect. And that soldier, you and I might think of it as, uh, you know, uh, it has to be some big shot or big guy or something to protect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the, the spider actually. And the spider made the web. And when those uh, kuffar reached to the uh, cave, the, spread, the spider made the web over there. For them, if the web is there, obviously somebody did not go through it. And the web normally is built by the spider when the place is, uh, uh, has been there for, nobody has come to that place for a long period of time, then the spider makes the web there. It's not like a, where people are going back and forth on a daily basis. And the uh, spider would make the web. Yeah. If you pay attention, where do spider makes the web? Secure. Place. Secure place. And, uh, and it is one of the weakest houses anybody has, that the, what the spider has. Allah has protected Rasulullah and Abu Bakr uh, by some of the weakest things you can imagine, which is a spider web, right? Uh, 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That you uh, none know the soldiers of, of your Lord except him. Okay. Uh, and when Abu Bakr saw that the kuffar were coming close to the cave, his response to Rasulullah was, uh, he said, لَوْ أَنَّ أَحَدَهُمْ نَذْرَ تَحْتَ قَدَمَيْنِ that if they just look, not even try to go see inside the, 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 the cave or something. If they just look at their own feet, when they're close to that uh, cave, they will see us. And Rasulullah's answer was, ya Allahu What do you think of the two among them? The third one is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, that's, that's, that's what means matawakkal. Tawakkal is that you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing all the things that you, you are doing, that, and the, both the things have to happen. See, uh, uh, and, and there's a mistake uh, sometimes people make about, uh, uh, if I can find the hadith, inshallah. But uh, actually, I have it. So, uh, about when it comes to tawakkal, sometimes people think of it, tawakkal means that, uh, uh, that uh, some of them have misunderstood that way that. You trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're not putting any effort. Others think of it, you put all the effort, and then you trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The problem is that both of them are incorrect. See, why are they both incorrect? Because tawakkal is part of the iman. To trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is part of iman. It's not the issue of that, uh, uh, that I'm not doing anything, okay? And just putting my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, the action has to be done from our end. The trust has to be in Allah all the time, before the action or after the action, and during the action. It is all the time. It's not that you don't put any effort and just saying that uh, I'm leaving it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you're putting all the effort, and then you think you're going to put the uh, uh, trust in Allah. Like the hadith of Rasulullah that people get confused with, when Anas bin Malik uh, uh, reported that a man said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Ya Rasulullah, أعقلها وأتوكل أو أطلقها وأتوكل. He said, should I, O Messenger of Allah, should I should I tie it and rely on Allah or leave it loose and rely on Allah? Okay. So Rasulullah said that أعقلها وأتوكل. The tie it and put your trust. Okay. Now, what is the point here that I want to make? Important point is Rasulullah said. You tie it and trust, right? The and is not them. There's a difference between saying that you, tr- you are doing your work and you have trust in Allah. Meaning, while you're doing the work, you have the trust at that time and afterwards as well. Not that, you know, sometimes kids are told, put your all the effort for the exam and then trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the good grades. No. Your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is at the time when you are preparing for the exam also, when you're doing for the exam, and after you're done with the exam. That's what it means. Okay? But the effort is needed from our end. Okay. Now, going back to the story of Ghar uh, uh, or the cave of the Thawr. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually mentions in the Quran also about this. Um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says about that when Rasulullah Abu Bakr was talking to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, Allah mentioned that, 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 that what, what happened between those two. He said, إِذْ يَقُولُ لِسَاحِبِهِ 
لا تحزن إن الله معنا that he said to his companion that don't be sad Allah is with us okay that's what it means by by the tawakkal here and uh, <clears throat> so after after that Rasulullah sallallahu uh, and Abu Bakr they they went to they started their journey from Ghaifar and while they were on their way to uh, uh, to Medina as the paper I gave it to you guys one thing the important thing here is look it is a very different route than a normal route yes there were some places they were crossing the path which was a normal path but it is different than normal and it actually is more difficult because you know if there's a normal path because the normal path makes a way it becomes normal for the people to pass through it but the other ones where not the streets are not paved the way it would be easier for them to uh, to, to travel so Rasulullah took that path because uh, Abdullah bin Urayqat he's the one who took Rasulullah onto this path now while they were on the way one of the uh, one of the people from the Mushrikeen, who was a Mushrik at that time, who became a Muslim later on, Suraqa bin Malik. Suraqa bin Malik, uh, bin Malik he, uh, he followed Rasulullah and he was able to uh, find Rasulullah and Abu Bakr when they were uh, migrating. And every time he was getting closer, his horse's feet were uh, going into the sand. The moment he started to get closer, it gets good. So then he, he took out the arrows. This one of the things that they used to do uh, during those times to figure out whether they should go, should go forward or not. So they used to throw the arrows and uh, figure out, uh, or arrows or draws, arrows are thrown in a way like you're using the draws, doing the draws. So whether he should follow Rasulullah or go back. So every time he was actually saying to go back, but 100 camels were too much for him. So the 100 camels were a driving factor for him to go back and follow Rasulullah After three times, when he was not able to move forward, actually Rasulullah he talked to him. And he, it's an interesting thing, for, uh, uh, for, a, uh, for, for, uh, for somebody who does not understand what exactly was happening, he might think that uh, how can Suraqa, uh, Rasulullah tell Suraqa at that time to go back and in return he will give him uh, or he will get the uh, siwar of the kisra siwar is the bracelet right now uh, for, for an immature eye he will think of it so Allah is trying to run away kind of a thing even though he's not running away as we already discussed that issue uh, uh, and uh, now at that point when they have left everything in Mecca, Sahaba left everything, they went to Medina, and now Rasulullah and Abu Bakr, they have left everything, whatever they had, and they're moving to migrating Medina. And now Rasulullah is telling him what? That how about Suraka goes back, and in return he will get the bracelet of the king of the Persia, which is one of the superpowers. And the uh, uh, interesting part is when. Uh, uh, sahaba in the time of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an, when they did conquer then they did defeat Kisra and they were able to get the belongings of the Kisra Sahaba are discussing among them that does uh, first of all they were looking for right away 
Omar is looking for Suraqah. Where is Suraqah? Suraqah because he knew that there was a promise made by Rasulullah for Suraqah. Okay? Radiallahu anhu. He became a Muslim later on. Now, where is Suraqah? Because we have to give him the bracelet. Now, another Sahabi comes, I forgot the name, I believe it was Ali, but I don't know. Uh, Sahabi came and his opinion was the siwar, the bracelet, does not mean just bracelet. It means everything else that the king had also. And he had huge amount of gold that he used to wear. Thus, siwar was mentioned as a symbolic thing. So from the fiqh perspective, they extract the ruling, no, it's more than just a siwar. It was, uh, it was the, 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 the crown and other things that he had with him, all of it was given to uh, Suraqa. And the, 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 the promise was fulfilled. But the vision of Rasulullah migrating to, from Mecca to Medina was very clear. That when he is going to Medina, what is going to happen after that, which Allah promised already, that this deen will, uh, will get the, uh, uh, the, the deen will prevail. It will get the upper hand. And the upper hand will be over even the superpowers of that time. And in a very short period of time, very short period of time, Muslims were able to uh, fulfill the promise of Rasulullah that he made about this. So, now Rasulullah uh, uh, met with uh, Suraqa and Suraqa turned back with this, uh, also with this promise that he will not tell the others the whereabouts of Rasulullah and Abu Bakr. So after, uh, actually there are quite a few uh, other incidents happened during the, the Hijrah time and uh, for the sake of uh, uh, the time that we have, I'll try to reduce that. Uh, just want to talk about a little bit more about the rest of the, uh, uh, the Hijrah that Rasulullah made. Uh, important thing to remember before, uh, is the planning of Rasulullah that includes the Aisha radiallahu anha, Asma binti Abi Bakr, both the, the daughter of Rasulullah the son of Rasulullah his free slave. So sorry, son of Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anha, uh, Abdullah, and the free slave of Abu Bakr, uh, Amr bin Fuhira, and taking the help from an, uh, a mushrik, Abdullah, uh, Abdullah bin Urayqat, uh, to find a way. And uh, when they migrated, uh, they, they made the planning of uh, going away uh, in a different direction than the Medina first and then go to, going to the, uh, towards the Medina after passing three days so the things have calmed down already. <clears throat> now, when Rasulullah and Abu Bakr, they made it to Medina and uh, they made it, uh, so they, and Abu Bakr, they left on the 27th of the Safar and they made it to Medina on the 12th of uh, Rabi So it took them about, uh, I would say, 14, 14 days or so. Now, three days were already in Ghalifaw, uh, and besides that, there were about nine days or so. What is the distance? Distance was about, five, uh, I think, 500 kilometers from Mecca to Medina. Yeah. About, uh, 500 kilometers. So 300 miles. Yeah, because it took a long time. So for a drive, I think I took about six. Yeah, I think it would take two, 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 two
It's about three, <coughs> four hour drive. Four hour drive. So, 60 miles, you know. Four right. hours. You know. Those days, it was two to three days journey. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. it was two, three days journey. Yeah. Yes. But that's already, you took a very difficult route. Don't forget that. The route that you took was a difficult it's route. Not, it's not a normal route. Yeah, it's not a normal route. Route. Yes. Plus, different. they were... They were yeah. They were, they were going slow as well. Uh, like, first three days, they stayed in Paris. That's what I'm saying. The first three days, yeah, were yeah, there's a chain of mountains. Yeah. And there's a lot of mountains near Medina. I, I remember it took, yeah. took us more than that. Right. <laughs> uh, it took us maybe 10 hours or something, but that was... Yeah, with a bus. Yeah. So, um, so cut the story short here a little bit. Um, the, the, as I mentioned, Rasulullah also met other people on the way to Hijrah, uh, during the way of Hijrah. Uh, but uh, when he made it to uh, Medina, while Rasulullah and Abu Bakr made to Medina, during that time when they started the travel, the people of Medina were aware of that Rasulullah is on his way. Okay, so he's coming. They knew this because Sahaba were sent and they were waiting for Rasulullah to come as well. Um, they used to come on a daily basis on the outskirts of Medina and they used to wait there for Rasulullah. And uh, the moment the sun used to rise up, it becomes too hot, so they used to return back. The day that Abu Bakr and Rasulullah uh, made it to Medina, it was already a midday. So they were returning back when they made it to the outskirts of Maryam. So now, one of the persons he saw Rasulullah from far coming, uh, he, just, he saw they, they were coming, Abu Bakr and Rasulullah, uh, he said, uh, perhaps the one you're waiting for is coming. Okay, so from far, they saw him. So they, he started calling, and they, they, they came back. When they came back, Abu Bakr and Rasulullah both were sitting under the tree at that time. Now, the people who were from Medina, Medina, most of them have not met Rasulullah Okay, now when they saw Abu Bakr and Rasulullah they could not tell which one was Rasulullah Okay, and actually some of them thought of Abu Bakr being Rasulullah because of uh, he used to look older than Rasulullah even though he was two years younger than Rasulullah Okay, and uh, they thought of him, but uh, as some of the reports talk about, that uh, they, when they saw, realized that when the sun was coming, the tree was actually leaning towards the soul. So they realized it's the soul. This is uh, perhaps the miracle of Rasulullah also. So uh, um, that, uh, the point I'm making about this here, like this, is to also understand. You don't find in the lives of the Sahaba and Rasulullah that they were wearing different kind of attire or clothing to look distinguished or something. Okay, that's not the thing that made them the way they were, who they were. It's not the the way they dressed. Okay, I'm not talking about that means that we are not supposed to cover properly and all those. Of course, we have to uh, do what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has commanded us to cover the aura the way, the way we are ordered. But uh, being a prophet uh, with other sah- uh, sahaba, it becomes, you cannot tell just by the, his dress code or something, which one is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Or just by his hairstyle or by his beard style, 
you would tell which one is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was among like the rest of them among them. As we discussed the story of Abu Dhar Ghaffari a few weeks ago as well, that Abu Dhar coming to Mecca and he's looking for Rasulullah Sallallahu and he could not tell which one was Rasulullah Sallallahu And Ali is the one who guided him to, to, to Rasulullah Sallallahu He was there coming, sitting, coming, going back. And then even one day he went to Ali, his house also came back and he still doesn't know which one was Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then when he opened up with Ali, Ali is the one who told him which one was Rasulullah. I took him to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the point is, let's not get too much uh, involved into a thing, start thinking of oh the, that uh, I have to dress up like this uh, or that to to be closer to Allah subhanahu wa taala. See, uh, closer to Allah subhanahu wa taala is by following the commands of Allah subhanahu wa taala. It's not the issue of uh, thinking that certain dress code is the one. Yes, dress code is is true, but not specific dress. Okay, so that, uh, that's another point to remember. Now, so Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made it to Medina here, and uh, from there on, uh, after that, there are a few uh, things, uh, important things happen. And I think uh, because of lack of time, I will stop here, and we'll continue from there, inshallah, uh, that what are the steps Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi took after he made it to Medina. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.